Good evening, and welcome to the beautiful historical Marionette Theater. This evening, it's a road trip movie. We've got a dysfunctional family that's crossing the state lines to take their little goil to a competition. Please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Well, good evening, good evening, good August. It's yeah. Here. How about that? Uh, what a whirlwind summer super fast. That's how I've experienced it. Uh, you know, I like to um, poke the happy thoughts and keep them in mind. And somewhere about, I heard that it's something like 50-ish days until the first day of fall. Of course, here in New York, we know that summer can sometimes last into November. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm not holding out on that bet, but, you know, it uh, it's cooled off a few days here and there, and uh, it's it's basically been a rainforest of late, because by the time it stops long enough for me to take care of the yard, um, you, you've got to get your boots on. You can only get the mower to go so far before it does that... And you'll have to, you know, you have to back off and and then push it a little further again. It's kind of like when a vacuum cleaner has something stuck in it and you just don't want to have to take it apart. You have to back up and just go a few feet at a time and start again. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Sometimes you got it's It's uh, August and, uh, well, certainly summer because... Uh, we're getting ready to close the theater down to darken our doors for a, a little while to cool the place off in here. Cause, um, you know, the air conditioning, it ain't free. And, uh, Mr. Train is still trying to collect on, uh, that bill the other year when we left it on for a whole uh, weekend, Gertie. Uh, she's don't, don't mention it. Don't <laughs> let her hear you say that. She's so, um, upset about that to this day. Not, I mean, re not really, but no, we'll, we'll pretend she is. I, I understand her apartment was being fumigated then, but but still. Um, still. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, you know, as uh, one is to do this time of year, some of us take trips elsewhere to, to get away from things and maybe cool off. And here I am at the beautiful California coast, Redondo Beach, which is part of the setting of uh, this story, or at least that's where they're headed to. I do. I hear that uh, Miss Gertie and her girlfriends are going to be heading out of town for a little bit. It's kind of why we have to close the theater. There's no one here to, well, keep away the riffraff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if she doesn't have to tend to the concession stand, she she gets out of town while she can. Mm -hmm. and, and well, and sometimes she has to because there are restraining orders, but. We're not supposed to talk about those. Yeah. Now, who did you say she's going with? Well, I hear tell that it's her annual girls weekend, but it just so happens to fall in line with a friend's upcoming wedding. So 
they're having a bachelorette party for her friend Marcy. Oh, Marcy. Yeah, you know, this is I think this is husband number three, but she's she's set the bar a little higher. This time she's marrying an insurance salesman. Okay. So, All right. I, I, I don't even want to ask what happened to the the first two. Because, <laughs> uh, you know. So um, why don't we why don't we get her? Uh, we won't say any of this. Uh, Garrity, Garrity, Garrity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ha, 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 ha. Here I am, boy. Am I glad we're going on high uh, hernia hiatus or whatever, you, however you call that? <laughs> Didn't you see the doctor about that? Oh, many times, many, many times. No, are are you gay, are you ladies going to the casino too uh, when you cross the border? Natch, of course. <laughs> Just try and stop me. Now, uh, if you want to keep the peace, this time I suggest that you don't tell the ladies that Wayne Newton is actually an impersonator. Oh, uh, did you hear that, Gertie? I don't care. I really don't. I'll kiss him anyways. <laughs> if he's cute. <laughs> Oh, well, speaking of uh, road trips and uh, maybe getting some, we uh, got to get. The okay. Nobody up. got any in this. <laughs> no, nobody got almost <laughs> at that gas station. But hey, okay. um, but yes, Miss um, uh, Gertie there, could you get downstairs for us and uh, we'll let the folks know what we're talking about tonight? OK, OK, here I go. Okay, I think. Oh, wait, no. Did she, she didn't trip? No. Oh, she she's just picking up her stockings. Oh, up. yeah. They fell. All right. Okay. Well, here we go. Olive is a middle is a middle school girl whose frantic home life has turned her attention toward happier things, like practicing for a talent competition with her living grandpa. She springs the latest event on her dad, ooh, after a really bad day at work. But before we know it, the whole dysfunctional family is California bound. Will Olive's emo brother break his silence? Will Richard and Cheryl play nice in front of the kids? What song has Olive been practicing to? Well, pack yourself up some fried chicken and hop on the bus. It's a road trip. It's time for Little Miss Sunshine with Tony Collette and Greg Kinnear. Take it away, fellas. What do you get when you take a dash to the silver screen? A pinch of golden oldies and a smidgen of screaming. It's time for Matinee Minutia with your host, DJ and Toppy. Oh, it's a road trip movie. We haven't done one of these in a while. Uh, you know, yeah. we... we Not uh, since uh, Bob Hope and Bing Crosby were on the road to <laughs> Morocco or something. No, we never did that one. Well, you know, a while ago we talked about Thelma and Louise. That was a road show. And oh, that was oh, most oh. certainly a cliffhanger. <laughs> Oops. I see what you did there. Yeah. So, Toppy, we we, uh, we have a habit of um, putting people into the perspective. 
We sure do. Tell us what was going on when this movie came out, DJ, in 2006. All right. U.S. history in 2006. The Bush administration proposed spending $114 million on education programs to expand the teaching of Arabic, Chinese, Persian, and other languages not typically taught in public schools. Okay, I think that maybe went nowhere. <laughs> well, I mean, it's no coincidence. It's all the countries that they invested their money. Um, uh. <laughs> the Augustine Volcano in Alaska, so, you know, maybe uh, Tim felt the rumblings, uh, erupted twice in 2006, marking its first major eruption since 1980. 86. So that's more than 20 years before. Yeah, and that's when it became St. Augustine Volcano. (laughs) All right, and people start making mashed potato sculptures. Ah, so NASA's Stardust mission. No, that wasn't Gertie's, um, you know, trip to see the Hollywood homes. No, Um, or an Andrew Lord Webber movie. (laughs) (laughs) It successfully ended, and it was the first return dust from a comet. All right. So an inhaled form of insulin wins federal approval, offering an alternative to injections for millions of people with the BDs. All right. Okay. Well, we'll see where that went. Um, You know, only the rich and wealthy can probably afford it. Uh, The colorized $10 bill is released with the same color shifting ink and security features of the $20 and $50 that came in new at the time. Now they're perfectly normalized, but at the time, it was a little weird to see it. Mm-hmm. You know, it looked a little bit like that Canadian money. Uh, the Blu-ray disc format was first released in the United States in 2006. So, you know, that's more than 15 years ago now. That's folks. right. And in keeping up with the times, I've never gotten one. Oh, <laughs> yay, me. Toppy, you are the reason the Megalomart still thinks that a disc is a disc. Oh, anyways, the Space Shuttle Discovery was launched to the International Space Station in 2006, and it returned safely on July 17th. This was the second return to flight mission after the uh, the tragic Space Shuttle Columbia disaster a few years before. And on television, in the world of television, the CW Network debuted as the sixth broadcast network, which merged with UPN, you know, that thing that Paramount tried to make that was the home of Voyager. Um, UPN, which is owned by CBS and split from Viacom, three days after UPN went away. And also the WB merged into this. That's what the CW was. That was owned by Warner Brothers. uh, Uh Okay, Warner Brothers. And and it was, UPN was the fifth, and then... Mm-hmm. CW came out and bought up UPN. Right. UPN yeah, okay. or um, the CW was formed from UPN and the WB merging. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. 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 Okay. And then um, the WB and UPN uh, ceased to exist because they, they got married. And uh, the last big event in 2006 was Google. You know, the folks that uh, make it possible for us to come to you from the comfort of our homes right now over there on YouTube, they bought YouTube in 2006 for $1.65 billion. 
probably a wise move. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm sure they saw some coin during the pandemic. So, um, you know, 2006, it, it was a while ago, but um, there's maybe only been one graduating class of the kiddos. So who left us in 2006, Toppy, our, our, that our parents and our grandparents probably knew? <laughs> okay, celebrity deaths from 2006. Uh, well, we saw the passing of Wilson Pickett at 64 years of age. He was a singer-songwriter. In the Midnight Hour, you, you'd know that land of a thousand dances and Mustang Sally. By the way, I want Tommy Hashbrunn to know I had all of that in my head. <laughs> he, he's not going to believe that for a second. Uh, Coretta Scott King, uh, 70, uh, at 78, she was, uh, of course, an American civil rights activist and uh, a widow, widow of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. No, not doctor. Anyways. You know who I mean. Andrea Katsoulis, mm-hmm. 59, actor. Uh, he, he was a, the reptilian alien Gar in Babylon 5. Jikar. Oh, I knew that, DJ. You didn't have to help me. Uh, by the way, uh, tragic, uh, just terrible. Darren McGavin, uh, my favorite actor, maybe this side of Bill Bixby, okay? At 83, he passed away. Of course, you know him from Kolchak, the Night Stalker, and a million other things. Including the dad in everybody's favorite Christmas story movie. Yes, exactly. Um, We saw the passing of Maureen Stapleton, a venerable actor of stage and screen. She died at 80. Well, she was in Cocoon and Nuts, but she's most famous for, for her stage stuff really mm-hmm. uh red buttons now that's a tale <laughs> uh red buttons what an unusual career he had started in vaudeville but ended up doing movies and and he did stand up and all this stuff um but somehow became a serious contender when it came to acting of course he was in the Poseidon adventure he died at 87 uh, Mike Douglas, uh, the late, uh, the uh, at 86 passed away. Uh, uh, he wasn't, uh, he, he didn't do late night talk, but he did syndicated show in the afternoons. So that's when TV stations mostly played it. And at, died at 83. Former, former Democratic governor of Texas, Edward Albert, at age 55. Uh, you know him from uh, Green Acres. <clears throat> Jane Wyatt. So that was his well, dad. Oh, oh, he's, Edward he's, and Eddie. Yes, he was the son of Eddie. Got you. Okay, <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Jane Wyatt at ninety-six. Uh, well, our Star Trek connection tonight of mm-hmm. several probably is that she played uh, Mama Woman to Spock. Isn't that right? Yes. Or no. Okay, she did, yeah. And also, one of the most wonderful things ever was that she got to be in two movies portraying Mama. So I I thought that was like, wow. (laughs) Boy, you know, she's still alive. Anyways, Robert Altman, famous director of MASH. He died at 81 years of age. Uh, And Peter Boyle, uh, everybody knows him. 
uh, died, died at age 71 uh, from Young Frankenstein, and everybody loves Raymond. Then James Brown died at age 73. Uh, Papa's got a brand new bag, you know, and Sex Machine, two songs that I'm well known for mm-hmm. uh, myself, uh, but James Brown did them first. So that's our, our celebrity deaths from 2006. Alrighty, so Little Miss Sunshine, which is the film we're discussing tonight, and as you heard, this stars Tony Collette and um, Greg Kinnear, as well as Steve Carell and Mr. Alan Arkin. Uh, before we talk about the films that came out that year and where this placed, I figured we would uh, give it a go and um, give you a, a taste of how they promoted this in theaters before it came out. This is the noticing Dwayne for Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, he's taking a vow of silence. Cheryl, remember when Olive was runner-up in the regional Little Miss Sunshine? Well, the girl who won had to forfeit her crown. I don't know why, something about diet pills, but anyway. Now she has a place in the state contest in Redondo. We're going to California. There are two kinds of people in this world. Winners and losers. Sarcasm is the refuge of losers. How much do I owe you for those pearls? Of oh, that one's on the house. Guys, you're not going to charge Stop it. Laugh it up. He started it. A la mode translates as in the fashion. A la mode. Frank, shut up. Everybody push! Dwayne, that's your name, right? Are you getting any? My God, man. Dad. You should be getting that young Dad. stuff. I know you're a homo and all, but maybe you can appreciate this. Dad, that's enough. Stop you're it. You're not going to shut me up. I still got Nazi bullets in my head. Hey! Oh, how about that? Stuck or something. Oh, jeez. I'm being pulled over. Everybody just pretend to be normal. Am I pretty? You are the most beautiful girl in the whole world. <laughs> You're just saying that? No, I'm not. I'm madly in love with you. And it's not because of your brains or your personality. Where's Olive? Oh! I can't slow down! I can't! Frank! Come on, Olive! Come on, honey! Come on, sweetie, jump! Jump in the car! Can't stop! Jump! No one gets left behind! No one gets left behind! Outstanding! And uh, that was the brief, uh, almost Home Alone-like moment in the movie. They left the kid at the gas station. <laughs> <laughs> what was so? Uh, that was a great moment. Um, DJ, mm-hmm. answer me this: Was yes. Little Miss Sunshine mm-hmm. 
number one at the box office. Oh, how long have you known us? <laughs> we we are the folks that hung out at the video store for the returns. <laughs> ah. So in 2006, Little Miss Sunshine was a summer film. So, you know, so aptly put, the Sunshine was in its name. It came out in August of that year. Now, it was number 40 at the box office. So it wasn't the bottom of the barrel, you know, probably placed somewhere around the middle. The top of the box office, however, that year was Pirates of the Caribbean. And now I'm told this is the second installment. There's many, and um, I probably haven't sat through an entire one because I'm prone to fall asleep in long movies that are dark. But anyways, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Ted Man's Chest brought in $423 million, and of course that starred Johnny Depp. The number two film that year was an animated film by the likes of Pixar that later got acquired by the Mouse House, Cars, that had the voices of Owen Wilson, Paul Newman, and Cheech Marin, just to name a few. And you know that we like to think that all of them were there recording their voices at the same time, and a good time was had by all. But, of course, they probably never even met each other. But wouldn't that be interesting to watch Owen Wilson, Paul Newman, and Cheech Marin meet? Oh, oh my. Yes, right at craft services. There probably would have been a food fight. Uh, So number three at the box office that year was X-Men, The Last Stand. Oh, my God, it was that good. Number three, that surprises me. Yeah, now, as the name implied, it was the last of the three movies that Patrick Stewart starred in as the the lead character of uh, Professor Xavier. And also, of course, it had starred Hugh Jackman and brought in $234 million. Yeah, it was their first attempt at doing the Phoenix story. Mm. Which, how can you F that up? But they did. Uh huh. So, to give you an idea what was competing with folks' attention when Little Miss Sunshine was out in the world in the theaters, the film that did one better than Little Miss Sunshine was a film that brought in $59.8 million. Now, um, I mean, with the cast in this, I, I really have to say... How did Little Miss Sunshine get beat out by them? Um, David Spade and Rob Schneider in The Benchwarmers. Well, this is a movie about a trio of guys who try and make up for missed opportunities in childhood by forming a three-player baseball team to compete against standard children's Little League squads. Okay. So both of the, that's a comedy, and our movie tonight is a comedy. But there's there can be really big differences in the level of comedy in your comedies. Mm-hmm. I I would say that Little Miss Sunshine, um, well, it, it requires a little bit more of an attention span, probably. Um, and then one less than Little Miss Sunshine was a film called Little Man. Hey, this- wait a minute. How many how many little things can we have at the same time? I know. Um, brought in fifty eight point six million, and this was a Wayans Brothers movie. Ah, uh, they played. Um, well, I mean, it's kind of like an Eddie Murphy movie. They tried to play as many characters as they could, just with makeup and outfits. <laughs> uh, this is yeah. a wannabe dad mistakes a vertically challenged crim- criminal on the lamb. For his newly adopted son. Okay. So, 
Well, you know, a decade or two before it would probably have starred Dabney Coleman. All right. Well, DJ, <laughs> let me talk about the director. It's a little unusual this time mm-hmm. because there's not just one director. There's two of them. And they happen to be uh, a pair, like as in, I'm not sure they were ever married, but, the, you know, they lived together. As far as I know, to this day, they're living together. But they were a team. And <clears throat> and I'll tell you where they started, and you're not going to believe it, but they started in the music video industry Ooh. as directors of music videos. And they had a tremendous amount of success because they happened to do a good job. Everybody liked how they how they showed off this band and that artist, and everybody wanted them to direct their video. So they were in high demand um, for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, for R.E.M., for the Smashing Pumpkins, all those kinds of things. Uh, things started to change a little bit when they stepped out of that, and they directed a number of sketches for the 95 to 98 HBO sketch comedy series called Mr. Show. And uh, that was different for them um, and sort of other people in the industry noticed them. Um, Now in 1998, they um, established their own production company and it's called Bob Industries. Uh, let's see, what's uh, what's the saying? There's your Bob. Shut the door, Bob. No, I don't know. Never mind. It's just Bob, not important. It's Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle! <laughs> 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 I knew there was one. Oh, my God. Shut the door, Bob. That's a good one, Toppy. All right. <laughs> Save that for our British friends. Yeah. And so through this company... Uh, they directed um, commercials, and they did a, a lot of uh, work for companies like Hewlett Packard, Volkswagen, Sony, Gap, Target, Apple, ESPN. And uh, this brought them, I mean, people, they knew they were dependable, and they they got the job done. And, uh, and they began, because more and more people knew of them, they began to be offered feature films to direct. <clears throat> and uh, they turned a lot of them down <laughs> wisely. So they kept their heads on is what I'm saying. They didn't accept the first projects that were thrown away. One of them would have been the Mod Squad. Blah. Another one of would have been Bad Boys 2. But they turned them down. What did they do instead? Well, they took their time to find the project they liked and loved. It turned out to be Little Miss Sunshine. And in this movie, they gave their actors a wide room to improvise and find the links to their characters. So there's a lot of stuff in here that wasn't scripted. You'd never know it if you saw the movie. You'd never guess. Well, I never guessed that a lot of it was improvised and that the the actors themselves kind of led led the show um later on um you know not once do i think i've given them a name isn't that terrible (laughs) i've been talking all this time and i don't think i mentioned their names it's jonathan dayton for heaven's sakes Mm -hmm. and valerie ferris 
They're the two. This is the team. Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris. Oh, Dayton Ferris sounds like a vaudeville act, but I'm Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Uh, So uh, they went on uh, to direct uh, Ruby Sparks in 2012, Battle of the Sexes in 2017. And they also directed a Netflix comedy series, Living With Yourself, in 2019. Their latest uh, project is either on or coming, or soon to come. It's going to be on Hulu, and the series is called Fleischman is in Trouble. Um, So they definitely are choosy about their projects. That makes them kind of interesting. So that's our director. Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris. All righty. So we are at about the halfway mark in the show. So we're going to step on over to the refreshment stand. And um, in uh, light of our festive setting here tonight, Gertie's serving us up beachcombers. Yeah. Um, The DJ, she can't hear us right now. But she puts sandy clamshell, sandy beach shells in it as a garnish. So just pretend you're enjoying it, okay? Yeah, I mean, uh, we had to stop serving the sex on the beach because, um, well, she was coming on to the people. But, hey, so all righty, we have a clip from the cast of Little Miss Sunshine. And this is an interview with the little girl, Ab- Abigail Breslin, who's, of course, all grown up now. I think she's like oh god, 20-something. So I can't, I, I'd love to see a picture of her. Have you seen a picture of her, what she looks like today? No, but uh, off okay. to the Googles. <laughs> okay, I just got to tell you, audience, she is... She is the center of this movie in a lot of ways, and she's really good when you watch her you don't think she's acting because she's just being it and it's amazing uh there there uh, it is hard well what do i know but i think i don't think it's easy to get a performance like that out of someone who's so young but they did it and she is fantastic if uh if you gander over in the chat room folks because we do this live, we're over there on YouTube, where you could see me at Redondo Beach, the setting where the pageant takes place across the street, because, you know, in California, beachfront property is a a premium. Um, But uh, we uh, have uh, the interview, and then I believe this is the young lady all grown up in there, so. All right, right, well, I'll tell you, she... That she's a pretty little thing. Look at her. Oh, so we're going to go ahead and uh, play this interview with Abigail Breslin uh, when she was, oh, I think about 10 or 12 years old. All right. Hello and welcome to Unscripted. I'm your host, Paul Dano, and I'm here with the lovely star of Little Miss Sunshine, Abigail Breslin. Can I call you, can I call you Abby? Yes, you can. Abs. Which which do you prefer? Either one. Okay. It's fine with me. All right. Well, we're going to interview each other with uh, some questions of ours and, and yours. Um, so I'll start with the first question. Abby, what did you like most about playing your part? I liked playing my part because I got to dance a lot and because 
I don't know, just because I got to dance a lot. I liked that too. We had some pretty nice moves, I think. Yes, we did. Um, what was it about Little Miss Sunshine that made you want to do it? Well, I first read the script and I loved it. And then I met with John and Val, who were very cool, and they'd actually done some of my favorite music videos, which I didn't even know before I met them. I was like, oh, I gotta work with these two, and it was an awesome script and part. And then once I found out Abigail Breslin was gonna be in it, <laughs> I just, you know, I had to be a part of it. Well, of course. <laughs> how, how much cooler was I as an older brother than your real older brothers are? I don't know. What do you mean by... Like, you know, what, was I a cooler older brother? Or, or, well, or do you like your own you real brother? all three of you are cool. All three of you oh, are pretty right, cool. Right. So you're all pretty much, like, equal. All right. Like, you know. But they didn't poke your fat suit like I did. Well, you liked that. <laughs> oh? Okay. <laughs> what actor or celebrity would you most like to meet? Well, so, I mean, I'd like to probably meet Bob Dylan above anybody, but... Actor, uh, I don't know, right now maybe Philip Seymour Hoffman. When did you realize you wanted to be an actress? My brother Spencer, he was an actor first and then sort of, I just did commercials and then movies and then. And now yeah. you're here. And now I'm here. And now you're here. What was your favorite part about doing the movie? Probably getting to annoy you day in and day out for 10 hours a day. And also getting to, to be stuck in a van with you and Alan Arkin and Greg Kinnear and Tony Collette and Steve Carell, and that was pretty cool. How do you balance school and acting? I'm homeschooled, so we bring my school, when I'm working, we bring my school and I either have like a studio teacher or my mom teaches me, and then like we just do it when I have breaks. But so, you have to get like three hours a day in. So while you're filming, you have to do school on the same day while you're filming? Yep, oh, pretty man. much. I know. Oh, man. I know. What do you think about Little Miss Sunshine? Like, what's your favorite part about it? Well, you know, I was really nervous to see it, but we, we just got to see it with an audience for the first time, and everybody was just so excited by the end of the movie, and I, I guess I just didn't realize how good the movie makes you feel. And, I mean, it, it's smart and funny, and, you know, you feel for all the characters, but, I mean, it, it's just such a fantastic ending. I didn't know how you know, enthused everyone would be when we're all dancing and clapping and cheering. And you know, I, I don't know if I expected quite that reaction. So that was pretty, that was pretty great feeling. How often do you still do your dance moves from Little Miss Sunshine? I sometimes show my cousin it a little bit. <laughs> and I sometimes show people like little teeny, you do? itty bitty things. Oh, wow. But like, only like, but I don't know all of it now. Like, if you told me, okay, do the whole dance now, I'd be like, well, there's this and that, and there's this. Yeah. So I wouldn't really know it. No. Yeah. Yeah. I do it about every day in my bedroom <laughs> when I'm alone now. Well, you like to dance. Yeah, I like to dance. You know, what can I say? Finish the sentence, okay? The three things I love about movies are... Well, the three things I love about <clears throat> movies are um, making them, getting to work with people and new friends and, and new relationships and bonds and getting to be creative and then I love I love watching movies you know just a movie fan love to go see movies and then uh you know I like how they can make other people feel good or bad happy and sad finish this sentence the three things I love about movies are well I like 
to go to different places, like if I'm working in somewhere else. I usually work in LA or New York or somewhere like that. But then if I work somewhere else, that's really fun. Yeah. I like to see the movies when I'm when I'm finished doing them. And I get, but sometimes I get really nervous to see them because I'm like, oh my goodness, are the, are people gonna like it? Are people gonna not like it? So, and then if they do like it, then that's fun. But <laughs> the third thing, like you said, I like meeting different people. I sometimes, you know, make friends. And thank you to Movie, movie Phone, phone. And, thanks and thanks for, for watching, watching and sending in your questions. questions. Bye. Bye. Alrighty, so we just heard before the break about the director, the the team that made this film, behind, stood behind the camera and told everyone where to be. So I will just uh, start off talking about the cast, the talent in front of the camera. Now, the leading lady of this film, who is Miss Tony Collette. Now, she's a favorite of mine. And she's been in such films as Muriel's Wedding. And she also did a film just a handful of years after that called Cozy. Um, she basically is someone that comes to work at a group home. And uh, she has to um, instruct a team effort on something. And they end up producing a play. So quite a fun movie anyways uh tony collette played cheryl in this movie the mother collette was born in southeastern australia the state of new south wales and that's the the territory that's right next to sydney the uh the biggest city her first film was called the efficiency expert and this was a film in 91 with anthony hopkins of all people and russell crowe hmm. Little Miss Sunshine was Tony Collette's 28th film. Good Lord. Yes. Her film before was called In Her Shoes from 2005. Now, I want to see this because it has Shirley MacLaine and Cameron Diaz. And the story is a straight-laced rose breaks off relations with her party girl sister Maggie over indiscretion involving Rose's boyfriend. The chilly atmosphere is broken with the arrival of Ella, the grandmother neither sister knew existed. That was uh, that was in her shoes from 2005. And then the film after Little Miss Sunshine was something called The Night Listener. And this was from 2006. Now, get this. She's worked with Anthony Hopkins. She's worked with Shirley MacLaine. Who do you think she's going to work with next? Robin Williams. Ah. And Sandra O. Oh. And uh, the night listener is about in the midst of his crumbling relationship. A radio show host begins speaking to his biggest fan, a young boy, via the telephone. But when questions about the boy's identity come up, the host's life is thrown into chaos. And well, this was this was one of his very serious movies, was it not? Robert it Wayne was. Williams? Yeah, around that time that he did. Um, that uh, one-hour photo movie. Right, where he was a villain. Is he a villain in this one, The Night Listener? Um, that's a good question. I have not seen it, but I okay, would I haven't either. look into it. It's going on my list, as right. as most Robin Williams films are. Uh, in the five years prior to Little Miss Sunshine, Col uh, Tony Collette averaged two films a year for a total of ten 
in that five years changing among these films included in 2002 she was in a film with ben affleck called changing lanes also in 2002 she was in a film with meryl streep and nicole kidman called the hours and in 2004 she was in a film with matthew broderick and alec baldwin called the last shot now uh, coming up to more recent years Tony Collette continues to work in film and television, and in 2022, she appeared in a film called The Estate, which featured Anna Ferris, David Duchovny, and Kathleen Turner. So there's a bevy of a cast there. Oh, I'm Kathleen Turner. Yes, I, I don't stop smoking if I'm not talking. Uh, two sisters, and the story of this was two sisters attempt to win over their terminally ill, difficult-to-please aunt, I wonder who played, who Kathleen Turner plays in hopes of becoming the beneficiaries of her wealthy estate. Ah. I find the rest of their greeting family members have the same idea. And that was the estate. Now, in 2023, so this year, Tony Collette has appeared already in two films, one called Mafia Mama as the lead character. And it's an American mom inherits her grandfather's mafia empire in Italy, guided by the firm's. I consiglier. It's an Italian word. She hilariously defies everyone's expectations as the new head of the family business. So, uh, to date, as of 2023, Tony Collette has 92, 92, just short of 100 acting credits. And amazing. she's still going. Yeah. She really is amazing. She's amazing in this movie. She does exactly what they need. She's an everyday woman. Who's never, I don't know. You just believe everything she does. Now, am I totally off the wall, or was she not in the Coen Brothers movie Fargo? Was that her in that? Um, I can take a quick look. See while you wander down the lane there. Let's see. Do 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 do. Yeah, I, 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 I may be mistaken. That may have been someone else, but if. If you find out, I'd love to know who it was. If it, it wasn't does, Tony Collette. It does not appear so. Okay. All right. Maybe someone in the chat room remembers who was so memorably in the, the lead role there in uh, Fargo. All right. Let's talk about uh, the actor who played the father, the wife, to Cheryl, Tony Collette. And that is Greg Kinnear, who's had an interesting career, I think. Uh, first, he was born in 1963 in Indiana. He is of Scotch-Irish descent, and he grew up as a foreign service brat, which means he moved around a hell of a lot, particularly from Beirut to Athens and back and forth. So, you know, you get a little bit of an international perspective when that happens to you. Of course, I wouldn't know, but you would think. <laughs> <laughs> While a student at the American Community School in Athens, Kinnear first ventured into the role of talk show host, a role that he would have some success with over the years. But this first one was when he was in uh, community school, which I'm not sure is, is that is that something akin to pre-college? I'm not sure. Uh, maybe it was high school, but he had his own radio show called School Days with Greg Kinnear. And uh, eventually he returned 
to the United States. Francis McDormand. Thank you, Tommy Hashbrowns. That's who was in Fargo. Mm-hmm. All right. And boy, she was good in that. Um, uh, <laughs> where was? Oh, Greg Kinnear eventually returned to the United States for a university education. He was at the University of Arizona. He graduated in 85 with a degree in broadcast journalism. So he seems to be going on a path here that he thinks he's good for. Kinnear hosted a short-lived game show called College Madhouse. It was spun off from the kids' show Funhouse. I know nothing about either one of these. But eventually, uh, he started getting offered uh, roles for acting, and he started to pursue them. So he started thinking of himself more than a talk show host. And uh, in the beginning in uh, 1988, he was in the made-for-TV film What Price Victory? And then he goes on to numerous guest stars on television shows. He was on Life Goes On, Mancuso, FBI, The Larry Sanders Show, Friends, Modern Family, The Unbreakable Jimmy Smith. So he did the rounds. And in 1991, coming back to what he thought he was really good at, he became the creator, co-executive producer, and host of a show called Best of the Worst which aired for about one year and kind of led to him uh, to being in his first really big break, which was Talk Soup. Who did that? Talk Soup. Was that MTV? Oh, yeah, that was, um, oh, was I, I want to say it was the precursor to, it was called Entertainment Television then. It's Entertain, it's Entertainment Tonight or what is it? No, it's it's E Online is what their name used to be. They they've merged with something else and their name has changed. But when they okay. existed, it was called E Entertainment Television, and it was also where the guy from Queer as Folk got his start too. Okay, so that was 1991, and he was the host of Talk Soup, which he did for the next four years. When he left it to do his own. This is a big gig here. His own half-hour NBC late-night talk show called Later with Greg Kinnear. He did that from 94 to 96. After that, and I'm not sure what happened, did another guy take over NBC late-night because Kinnear's contract ran out? I don't know. Was he fired? I don't know. But uh, that's when, uh, also in 94, concurrent with his late-night talk show, uh, he started, he, he was in his film debut, which was 1994's Blank Man, which I'm guessing is something of a parody of superhero movies. I don't know. In 1995, Kinnear won the part of David Larrabee in Sidney Pollock's remake of Billy Wilder's 1954 classic, Sabrina. He played the lead role in the 1996 comedy, Dear God. In 97, here we go. This is when he's, this is another huge break of his. He was cast in James L. Brooks' comedy drama, As Good As It Gets, with Helen Hunt and, uh, duh. <laughs> oh, God, DJ, help me. Oh, uh, you know, he passed uh, away a few years ago. No, I think he. No, he's still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
oh good heavens the the the, the chat room will save me anyways uh as as good as it gets he received a, a nomination for academy award for best supporting actor bill paxton His, was the one who was in twister yes okay that's true yes um I, I, when you when someone says the goddamn name, you're gonna just say Toppy, you're an idiot. That's what you're gonna say. Uh, all right, thank you, Tommy Ashbrown comes in again. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was Jack Nicholson for God's sake. All right, thank you, Tommy. Uh, 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 after As Good As It Gets He was in another popular movie You've Got Mail Which seems like ages ago uh, As uh, he was He was Kathleen's uh, That was Meg Ryan It was uh, her significant other Other films are Mystery Men, Nurse Betty Loser Which is kind of funny uh, Given the uh, idea of what a loser is In Little Miss Sunshine. The Gift and Someone Like You is another movie. Autofocus. He was in The Matador. He was in Invincible. And he was in Fast Food Nation. And uh, then in 2000, uh, 2006, he co-starred with Steve Carell in our movie tonight, Little Miss Sunshine. More recently, you would be seeing, or you would have seen, Kinnear in the movie Misbehavior in 2020. He was in Crisis in 21, and he was in Sight in 23, and also he had a stint on Broadway when, in 2022, he appeared as Attica Finch in the Broadway run of To Kill a Mockingbird, perhaps replacing Jeff Daniels, I'm not sure. Hmm. On March 9th, 2023, Netflix announced, so very recently, Netflix announced that Kinnear will guest star in part two of season four of You as Tom Lockwood, the father of Joe Goldberg's, uh, played by Penn Badgley, (laughs) sorry, uh, uh, latest uh, love interest, uh, Kate, played by Charlotte Ritchie. So that's our Greg Kinnear, who... I don't know. It's very good in this movie, and I think it, I think he's distinguished himself over the years. So another member of the cast that I'll just breeze through quickly, because I think that uh, we'll take this opportunity before we let mention our our last cast member, because um, the 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 last cast member that we're going to give honorable mention to recently passed away, so we want to make sure we focus on them. But uh, in the film that we're discussing tonight little miss sunshine in case you lost uh, your place um let's see so the uh, the brother of the mom was frank and frank was played by steve carell who of course we know from tv's the office and movies such as bruce almighty 2 oh. and um the 50 year old virgin um oh and then of course uh, a film that i really liked and wish there had been a sequel there was a uh there was a modern take on get smart <laughs> from the 70s and it starred and was Hathaway. he in that oh he was the lead toppy no and, yes and anne hathaway very brilliantly played 99 in that film 
So Holy I, Jesus. I re- that was a film that deserved a sequel, but its time has ah, passed. That's a sequel. It did. I mean, they they did a sp- they did um on the bonus materials for the movie. They did a little mini movie of the nerds that worked in the technology lab for um, headquarters in that movie. Okay. So, um, but anyways, funny, uh, this is this is neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. But I'll be damned. There were two get smart movies at different years at different production levels. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a minute. The one you're talking about was long after the actor Don Adams died, right? Right. Okay, yes. gotcha, gotcha. And it gotcha. had it had Dwayne the Rock Johnson in it. Okay, well, actually, before before, anyways, that's not important. I don't want to get into it. Um, I think Steve Carell looked cute as hell with his beard in this movie. Mm-hmm. I I don't know how you felt, but I thought he was darling, a uh, darling looking, um, just as far as looks go. Yeah. So before we talk about Alan Arkin, our our, uh, honorable mention tonight, I wanted to just reflect on the movie and some of my favorite moments. Um, A a listener mentioned that they felt this movie was a difficult watch. And certainly there are uncomfortable moments in the movie. I mean, you have a young girl who's entering a beauty pageant. Cringe. Nowadays, that's considered grooming and you know it's it's one of the reasons why people feel that drag can be controversial um we're not teaching children you know um stereotypes and things like that in 2023 stop teaching your children that it's okay to dress sexy um but anyways this movie was so terrific in so many moments especially when Alan Arkin's character was talking to everyone in in the car and giving them a piece of his mind. And if you didn't know it, Abigail Breslin was absolutely listening to something in her headphones because they did not want to hear the foul language because this movie was rated R that Alan Arkin was using. Oh, that's fascinating. That's, that's <laughs> and I don't know about you, Toppy, but one of my other favorite moments in this movie is when they stop at the gas station and Alan Arkin, the grandfather, hands the brother who was recently out of rehab uh, you know, some cash, and he says for him to get him some some adult magazines, and yeah. he tells him to get one, get something for himself, and that was just so terrific because that gave an opportunity in the film for two scenes to happen: the one in the gas station where Frank Steve Carell's character runs into his estranged ex. Ah. <laughs> and then later on, when the police officer pulls them over as their horn wouldn't turn off and surprise, uh, I won't give it away, but there's a, there's another surprise in the back of the vehicle. It's yeah, not, let's, let's just say uh, something that none <laughs> of us watching want the cop to discover. Uh. And yet, uh, you know, uh, Greg Kinnear is convinced that they're busted in a serious, serious way. But he finds the skin mags, and in a little creepy bit, he goes, hey, man, oh, yeah, 
<laughs> he calls the calls the father over privately to say, "Oh yeah, I approve of your sex mix." Then he turns <laughs> he turns to the next one, and it's some gay man. <laughs> right. But you know, I mean, Greg Kinnear's character could have saved that scene by saying that they were his wife's, but uh, that was just so awkwardly funny when he was like, you know. He didn't deny it to the Options. cop. He just sort of said, oh, you're not into that or something like that. Or, or <laughs> oh, yeah. Not into it? I, I, I just felt it was so terrific because there was certainly something else that the cop could have discovered. But he, his, he was just fixated on this material. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Tommy in the chat room. Um, we have, I don't think we've said this yet, but... Uh, trigger warning: There is uh, there is the idea of suicide in this movie, because uh, Steve Carell character it, we come to understand very soon that he's just out of uh, a hospital because he had tried to commit suicide and they were placing him in the care of his sister uh, Tony Coletta and. Um, and Tommy Ishbron said that he he did he does find this one poignant, uh, but maybe indulgently so, and he prefers uh, uh, for a suicide comedy, uh, Garp, the world according to Garp, which is a movie we did here. Yes, last year I do believe. Mm-hmm. But uh, so uh, if I interrupt, please continue. Oh, so I was just simply going to say, bringing it back to the 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 topic of the pageant and sexualizing children. It was just so fantastic because um, since I was reading that since this film took so long to produce, Mm -hmm. the normal course of a pageant would have had several winners. So they, they couldn't keep anyone in it that was actually in a real pageant. So the the winner that they had is Miss California, I believe, was an actress. But the the I just found it to be so hysterical. It was one of those uh, sort of um, reality flash moments because here I'm in awe watching this movie when the the children are being sexualized, of course. And most people seem to be um, offended, but then the the person who is the title holder the miss california or whatever her name is is sitting there at her table the judging table clapping along as this little girl is performing a dirty nasty dance that her grandpa taught her (laughs) right um yeah now do you think that as i watched i said to myself i said toppy those are real girls that really entered these pageants they they went out and they found mothers mm-hmm. who would be willing to put their kids on screen and yet i have to believe if that's true that they didn't tell the mothers what the movie was about because this movie does not have a high opinion <laughs> of this at all mm-hmm. and it, it it portrays them because we sort of see the the sexualized kids with all their makeup on doing their things. And I certainly found it awkward. And Greg Kinnear <laughs> certainly <laughs> found it awkward because we see many scenes of him reacting and like, just like 
Am I seeing? Because they don't expect this at all. One of the things that's interesting is that neither the mother or father have done an ounce of research into what any of this is about. And so they're completely taken aback when they find these kids in heavy makeup striking sexual poses. And uh, they're just like, whoa, did not know, did not know. And of course, they know that their daughter doesn't even have her hairstyle. It's just pulled back into a a braid, a Mm -hmm. ponytail. And they they had no idea. And anyways, I I just thought I th- I think they found real pageant kids. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I, they did. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's it's one thing to not know what's going on where you are, but if your own child is in a performance, don't you think they the parents would at least know the song? And the dance that she's well, doing? they should have. They should have known a lot of things, but that's the folly of this whole thing. Right. Is that none of them know what they're getting into. And it's completely absurd. Completely. And, <clears throat> you know, uh, Alan Arkin's character, the grandfather, is the one, you know, that teaches her all these subversive moves. Oh, and tell us about Alan Arkin, Toppy. Yeah, let's get into that. Um, I chose this movie because Alan Arkin recently passed away, and I just think he's brilliant, and he's been in so many interesting things. And this was the one that that won him a Best Supporting Oscar. And he was, uh, you know, he hasn't he hasn't been that lucky uh, too much, although. Um, he did uh, get some Emmy nominations <clears throat> and uh, things like that, but I think this was his like only Oscar and only recognition after a very, very long career. So Ed, Alan Arkin played the grandfather, Edwin, and his real name is Alan Wolf Arkin, <laughs> born in 1934, passed away this year, American actor and filmmaker. And in a career spanning seven decades, uh, he's received numerous accolades, including that Academy Award, the uh, BAFTA Award. Oh, he did get a Globe and Globe, a Golden Globe Award, and by God, he got uh, a Tony Award. So there, and then six Emmy Award nominations. All right. So this kid, Alan, little little Alan Arkin, la 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 la, was taking acting lessons since the age of ten, became a scholarship student at various drama academies, including one run by Stanislavski, uh, by the Stanislavski student Benjamin Zemek, who taught Arkin a psychological approach to acting. And so, I mean, we're, you know, we can say he was seriously into this. And uh, Arkin attended Los Angeles State College from 51 to 53. He also attended Bennington College. But despite all the serious study, he started singing in a folk group. Yeah, singing and playing the guitar. And a folk band. It was called the Terriers. 
believe it or not, they had two big hits. In 56, 57, they had Cindy, oh, Cindy, and Dayo. That's the Banana Boat song. Uh, I think uh, slightly before uh, What's-His-Face made it more famous. Um, and uh, they they also played themselves in a 1957 music movie called Calypso Heatwave, where they did the Banana Boat song. Um, uh, uh, so... I just think that's really interesting and weird. Eventually, I can begin getting more interested in acting and improvisation. And he became an early member of the Second City Comedy Troupe in the 60s. And so he started to appear after that uh, in the early 60s on TV episodes. You know, he made the rounds in L.A., uh, he was on East Side, West Side. He was on ABC Stage, ABC Stage 67. Um, but uh, also, right around uh, very early on in the 60s, he made his Broadway debut as a performer in From the Second City at the Royal Theater. But his big break came on the Broadway stage starring as David Kollowitz in the Joseph Stein play Enter Laughing. 1963, and that's where he won the Tony Award for Best Featured Actor in a Play. Uh, He would later return to Broadway in 64, and he was in the comedic play Love. And uh, in 71, uh, Arkin uh, directed a play. He directed Neil Simon's The Sunshine Boys. And uh, for that, he received a Tony Award nomination. Uh, but it was really in the movies uh, that Arkin gained his stardom and people started knowing him by name and face. Uh, one was The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming in 66. My favorite, Wait Until Dark in 67. Uh, and then The Heart is a Lonely Hunter in, in 68. So these are coming boom, 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 right after another. Poppy in 69, Catch 22 in 70. Yeah, there was a little bit of law. And he did the in-laws that we did here on the show in 1979 with Peter Falk. So funny. Uh, later on, he took on more supporting roles, smaller roles, like in Miss, uh, like in Sunshine, our movie tonight. He was a supporting role. He was in Edward Scissorhands in 1980, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross in 92, Gross Point Blank in 97, 13 Conversations About One Thing, 201, uh, Sunshine Cleaning in 2007, Get Smart, there we go, Mm -hmm. and Argo, uh, rather famously, in 2012. Um, And for his performance as this foul-mouthed grandfather, he teaches his granddaughter these sexy, uh, anarchic moves that he knows, he knows damn well what it's going to do. And he teaches this innocent girl these moves that will shock uh, the creators of this pageant. It's um, a James song. It's super freak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, uh, Tommy Hatchbrun's is 
terrified or totally embarrassed me that I forgot Harry Belafonte's name and I called him what's his face. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have known that. Uh so uh that was uh that that was his Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. Arkin also directed three films. One included the black comedy Little Murders in seventy one. Uh he was on television in various productions over the years, uh, uh for which he won Emmy nominations, uh and such like that. And uh, more recently, in 2015 to 2016, he voiced J.D. Salinger in the Netflix animated series BoJack Horseman. 2018 to 2019, he started as a talent agent in the Netflix comedy series The Kaminsky Method. And uh, he more uh, earned two more consecutive nominations for Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Series. Uh, for his character in the Kaminsky method. Uh, and very most recently, he appeared in the film Spencer Confidential in 2020, the cartoon Minions. He did a voice in The Rise of Gru. And there is a movie yet to come out. And it will, uh, Arkin will appear posthumous, pos- posthumously in the movie The Smack in 2024. That's Alan Arkin. Hmm. All righty. So, uh, you know, we want to move things along because I hear the the tones of that ice cream truck coming. That's Gertie's ride uh, coming down. And uh, so we're going to talk about things that you might enjoy if you like Little Miss Sunshine. This is our snack tray. So I'm going to recommend a movie from 2013, so a few years down the road. Uh, this actually also happens to star a young, an older. Uh, Abigail Breslin from Little Miss Sunshine is one of the supporting characters. And uh, this is a film about another dysfunctional family. It's a comedy drama, August Osage County. And this stars Meryl Streep and Julia Roberts. It's a look at the lives of the strong-willed women of the Weston family, whose paths have diverged until a family crisis brings them back to Oklahoma, where they grew up. And to the dysfunctional woman who raised them. And that was August Osage County from 2013. Nice choice. All right. I chose Fish Tank if you loved uh, uh, our movie tonight. You might be interested in Fish Tank. It was from 2009. And it's a sincere portrayal of a British working class, uh, British working class life through the coming of age story of a girl who loves rap music and dancing to it. And it features uh, a brand new uh, actor, Katie Jarvis, who was found uh, living and performing on the streets just before, well, to be cast in Fish Tank. And it's her first movie and it's pretty stunning. Uh, It actually well, it's a very powerful performance, but she plays me, a 15-year-old teenager whose world drastically changes when her mother's new boyfriend turns his eyes to her. And uh, it, it's, it's a much more somber movie than our movie tonight, but it is that uh, it captures that story of a girl who's coming of age um, 
and and likes wants to do this one thing rap and and dance so that's mm. fish tank from 2009 all righty so toppy um what's special about next time what's coming up next well i'll tell you deej there is no next time because <laughs> we're going to be on hiatal hernia i mean hiatal whatever it's called and so but we will be returning right uh after our summer break yeah. we'll be returning september 15th uh, mm-hmm. doing the same thing with the brand new season what is it season six season six so we're going to come back after the the kiddos have been sent back to school and you have a moment's peace again and um well we're hoping that the landlord hasn't changed the locks because uh, i don't know if the rent's been paid <laughs> i don't either but we'll cross our fingers uh, we do love our marionette theater here in spuds flat new york <laughs> uh i'm sure it'll be fine yeah and i i hear that um in some parts of the state there's a sauerkraut festival going on this weekend well so. you know sauerkraut oh by the way Mm-hmm. Quick recipe, if you ever want to uh, do a really, okay, there's something that happens to sauerkraut when you strain it and then put it on a baking sheet with potatoes and drizzle it with olive oil and add onions and bake the potato sauerkraut and onion mixture. It becomes caramelized or something and it becomes completely unlike sauerkraut. Uh, what I'm saying is, uh, it's a taste sensation. Uh, take it from me, Tappy Smelly. Uh, <laughs> listen, we're going, right? Oh my goodness, that sounds like something you'd find at a gas station while traveling in Germany. <laughs> ah, well, okay, give me that. Sure. <laughs> That's not necessarily a bad thing because you've traveled with us. We love sure. gas station treats. Oh. Yes, we do. Anyways, oh. before we go, I want to thank the people who were nice enough to stop by. While we were doing the show live, because we do do it live first and third Friday of uh, of the month, and we'll be back, like we said, September fifteenth. But in our chat room tonight was your hubby Billy Starsage. We had Lamont Cranston, Lamont, sorry, Lamont Cranston, New York City, from New York City, New York City. Yeah, New York City. <laughs> uh, we had our old pal. Ever present uh, trusty Tommy Hashbrowns. By the way, uh, my thank personal thanks to Tommy Hashbrowns because I'm staying at his house right now. Oh, I, I'm broadcasting from his abode. I've had a very lovely time and it's just been a relaxing, just very, uh, just a change of pace for me. And we've just had a really, really nice time. So, Tommy. Thanks for being a great host and let me stay here. And uh, uh, yeah. A word of advice. Yeah. Uh, while visiting Fort Maple, don't get too frisky with the scarecrows. They don't like that. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Well, uh, thanks. Thanks, everybody. In the oh, and you forgot Cronehaven. God bless it. Cronehaven, the ever mysterious, was uh, has been here also. And, and uh, we love her. So thank you, Cronhaven. She said she was doing a time zone dance, so she couldn't get the math right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. So we will be back just after the Labor Day holiday. You can come back here, mattnamanusha.com, on the third Friday of the month, which is September 15th. 
and uh, we'll have a special return from summer. Maybe we'll do something uh, summer themed, perhaps. So, uh, nice. all right, we're going to say goodbye and you can't see it, but we're waving. And um, well, um, here comes the music. Say goodnight, Gracie. Gracie, where'd you go? I'm here. Good night. Good night. Gracie. Thank you for listening to Matinee Minutia. Our show streams live on the first and third Friday of the month. Go to matineeminutia.com, click the YouTube icon for live video, enter Discord or chat. You can find our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Visit our webpage at matineeminutia.com. Tweet us on Twitter at matineeminutia. Find our group on Facebook. Have an idea for a show? Or why not let us know how we're doing? Email us at matineeminutia at gmail.com. 